0: Welcome back, everybody. The Mainstand Podcast, Season 3, Episode 4. We're going to be talking about a big topic this week. Uh, not a crazy big weekend in the Premier League. Definitely one game kind of uh, stood out more than others. We'll talk about that a
1: little later on. Pat, Josh, how are we doing? I'm doing great. I want to well, hear I want to hear how the, the golf was, Mitch, It'll break up the soccer talk. How did you enjoy uh, Atlanta and the golf? Uh, Atlanta was great the trip was perfect
0: until the flight home uh, for, for somebody who is built for New England weather it was definitely interesting walking 18 miles in 110 degree heat uh, went to Eastlake for the tour championship on Saturday with my buddy Drew also a Liverpool fan big Sabasly guy uh, and uh, my, my buddy Dalton and we had a fucking hell of a time lost uh lost 14 pounds walking around the golf course that day just water weight just pissing sweat the whole fucking day but it was great we uh we smoked some stogies drank some drinks had a had a grand old time
1: love to hear that it was a nice weekend i think of watching footy for at least me can't say for pat but a lot a lot of football games on last weekend other leagues kind of getting going too so that was pretty much what i was up to
0: i did i did get to watch the liverpool game in the sky on the way home which was nice shout out delta for that hey
1: they aren't that bad i think on my home or my on my plane ride home from england i remember watching one uh a liverpool game in the sky isn't too shabby i just wish i could have yelled man i just (laughs) i wanted to get excited (laughs) yelling on a plane when when darwinzo scores uh i don't know how that would be taken by other passengers
2: Mostly funny. I, have, I would like to think. I, I was also a little violently hungover to be uh, doing anything <laughs> like that.
1: So, so today I think we're going to talk about uh, again a lot of the episodes this year. I think we're going to try focusing more on you know individual topics rather than just kind of a, a look at the overall field like like we've done in the past. And you know, I think what we're kind of seeing uh, early on or what we want to touch on is is who's going to challenge City. You know, after three games, we've saw City kind of already in, in front of the pack with, with three wins in three games. And I think the big question is kind of where are the other teams going to fall? Is anyone going to push City? I guess for the title this year, there's a handful of teams, just two points behind them with seven um, and a few more on six. So I guess we're going to touch on just a few teams here today. And uh, I'll, let, I'll let Mitch kick it off with maybe a, a team he sees as a, a challenger.
0: Yeah, I think the, um, the, the obvious choice is uh, last year's runner-up in Arsenal. Um, I think having a few key pieces come in with uh, Havertz and uh, the likes of Declan Rice, um, a year removed from kind of a, a wishy-washy season, you know, you're last place a few weeks into the season, and then you're there, you're in a title race. Um, I think they've settled in. I think it's going to take a couple more weeks for Arsenal to really make some moves. Uh, sitting in fifth place right now at seven points, um, I think they just need to start finding the goals a little bit more. Um, and and once the system kind of gets online, I think they'll be clear um, choices for the top three, top four, and challenging City obviously. Yeah, I think it's going uh-huh. to be like
2: a four-horse race. I'm gonna just be the guy who comes right out and say it's not gonna be a race this year. I think City win the title by like 15 points, personally. Maybe that's bias or, or whatever, but I, I think second place will be a really interesting, interesting <laughs> race. But I'm, I'm not sold on it. So no challengers. Right so now. Pat, had, yeah, Pat's done talking for the episode.
0: But yeah, you guys can talk. I mean, I'll, <laughs> ch- I'll
2: chime in i'll give some surprises i think tottenham have come out and actually looked good to start the season i know it's an unspoken rule uh in this friend group to never put any stock in tottenham because the last time i did that they finished seventh place but i've been really impressed with tottenham at the start of this season i i think madison has fit right in mm. i think that new fullback udongi is that how you pronounce his name
1: yeah, I don't want to yeah. give an attempt at that. Yeah, I've been really impressed with him.
2: I think Sar has fit in really well in the mm-hmm. midfield. I think that they they took the Harry Kane money and they did the right thing with it, which is kind of spread the wealth around. Uh, Pedro Poro has had a really good start to the year, too, for them. Uh, Tottenham are good. I think they'll be right in there. I think they're going to be a lot better than I initially predicted uh, at the start of the season. But, again, it's super early. It's only been three games. Um, uh, and another team I think that we – love to shit on on this podcast is man united um but i do think they're good too i, I think ten hag might be a fraud I have, i'm not sold on him just yet after the start of the season mm-hmm. um they might need a new sporting director i think it's kind of weird that they've bought like seven of ten hag's former players i think seven is more than they've actually bought but they bought a lot of just former Ajax guys and they haven't really been super great um mark kukareya on loan for is, is something being floated around for yeah. them too so i think they need to sort a few things out but they should they should be challenging uh at least um and, and then and you know i think this is a nice little segue for josh to to have his time but the team i actually see challenging city the most is liverpool uh you know just in the early days the first three first three games so josh why don't you uh
1: would you tell us why sure i like all the teams you guys touched on too i really agree with the tottenham shout. like you said pat james madison's fit like a glove into that team and the, the manager um again another tough name to pronounce uh done a great job so far it seems like even though they they lost to fulham today on penalties in the league cup <laughs> um it does seem like he's taking them in the right direction so we'll see some other interesting teams kind of in the top six as well obviously not going to challenge city but some some ones to keep an eye on uh, in early days um but yeah like pat said i'll kind of transition us into liverpool who i you know i do think are going to be um challengers this year Uh, i don't want to say title challengers as early in the season when it, it has been a tumultuous 12 months for liverpool but if any match is going to kind of make you believe that Liverpool have a chance this year, it was that game against Newcastle this weekend, right? Um, and, I mean, we I think me and Mitch could talk for hours about it, but the adversity that team overcame um, throughout that game, you know, poor officiating, uh, being down to 10 men, away from home at probably the hardest away ground in the Premier League. I think Newcastle had the best home record last year, so, you know, the stats back that up. Um, they absolutely bossed it. Did they? I, I believe they did. You can check that. It was either first or second. I know it was very, very high. Um, I have to check. Yeah, I think FB Ref would have it. Um, if you just go back to last season, but for for Darwin to come off the off the bench, uh, to have that mentality and score the the quality of goals, and I'll let Mitch touch on the goals as well. Um, it was just class all around. I, I think it was a great team performance. Nice to see Trent kind of, I think, recover from a really bad first half and wear the armband proudly and show some passion at the end. I think kind of prove people wrong. People questioning, you know, how bad he wants it. That yeah. shout at the end in the corner, I think, shows how bad Trent wants it and how much he wants this team to succeed. So all around just a great win. And like last year's win against Newcastle, kind of coincidentally, um, it really makes you feel like you can push on and do something big.
0: If It gave, it gave me the, the 2019... 2018, 2019 Liverpool vibes kind of all over again, and it's it's been a long time I think since either one of us could feel that way. Where you know when when adversity is kind of stacked against us in a situation like that, and in a game that you know we should we should be um, I guess a little more level headed at the start of first 25 minutes was some of the most frustrating football I've watched us play. Um, it just felt really good for for them to kind of dig their heels in and show that passion. Trent, who's somebody who doesn't often show emotion like that on the pitch, he's pretty kind of silent with how he how he does things. It was good to to see him get loud. Um, it was a big game and it felt like a, a massive turning point in the right direction for this Scott this side who's trying to, to mesh with an all all new midfield um, and. You know, frankly, your your newly appointed captain selling out a little bit on a on a tough red, uh, to give up. But it is what it is. We are Liverpool, we marched on and we got three massive fucking points from that game.
1: Yeah, and I have a couple directions I wanna take this. One in, in the theme of what we're talking about today and who can challenge City. Before the season, Newcastle's obviously one of those teams that we were talking about. And I think this game proves why, you know, like we talked about um, in the uh, last episode when we were talking about Newcastle and Saudi Arabia, feels like they have to win something or kind of keep this momentum for a while before they really challenge. Um, and that game really showed the the lack of maturity I think on a big stage. This team still has, and Eddie Howe has as a manager as well. Yeah. Um, against another top manager he's gone against Klopp 11 times Klopp is 11 0 and 0 against eddie Howe, and i think the substitutions Howe made at the end of that game taking off anthony gordon and sandro tonali when gordon had ripped rip trent up all game i love arguably trent, but... his best arguably be- anthony gordon's best game in a newcastle shirt he was and i don't like anthony gordon but he was pretty much unplayable um and for him to take them off when they really kind of needed that second goal to kill Liverpool off, I just – I don't think anyone understood where he was going with those substitutions. And I think a lot of people, while the players obviously have to get it done on the field and they had plenty of chances to close that game off, um, you know, Almiron especially had a couple chances. But it, that, a lot of that goes back on the manager to make those substitutions and that's really, really poor. Um, so that's a big reason for me why Newcastle are still – just that one step away very very good team they have all it takes but I think they need a couple seasons at this level to really push on further
0: and thank you for yeah. bringing it up uh Almiron did have a great chance and one of if not the best save I've ever seen Allison make to save the game uh, ultimately it's something we see almost on a nearly near weekly basis Allison stepping up to 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 stop a massive massive chance um just love having that big beautiful Brazilian in net for us Josh don't we
1: well yeah I mean I said a couple weeks ago off camera that I wouldn't uh transfer him for 160 million dollars so so far that, that statement is holding up well for me uh, <laughs>
2: but <laughs> yeah uh I mean just so the three three things three things for me first josh you were so wrong newcastle weren't anywhere near your best home record last year city lost a game at home they were 17 one and one
1: what, um, were, what were they
2: two, newcastle were fourth in the league at oh. home They were 11 six and two
1: maybe it was like the second um, half of the year or something i saw some stat like
2: that. that that
1: might be more right
2: two uh yeah i actually think newcastle are on fraud watch for me um i and I don't want to take anything away from your performance because that was really good of Liverpool to come back the way that they did. But to me, most of the game felt like how poor Newcastle were at being ahead more than it was you guys like putting on some in- inspired display 10 men down. Uh, when you have 10 men for almost 60 minutes, like there's no way you should lose the game or even really let the other team back in. It was just really poor on Newcastle's part, I felt. And take nothing away from you guys. You did the thing. Winning with 10 men is a really tough feat, and I think it shows a lot of the mental fortitude the squad has, which is why I think, again, they're probably going to get the closest to City though um But in the light of talking about other title challengers, I think we'd be remiss again, if we didn't, you know, we should talk about United because similar to you guys they also pulled off a pretty crazy comeback this weekend uh which again kind of showed their metal as players uh they get bantered a lot but uh to be two nil down in the first four minutes of the game and fight back and win the game three two um is impressive to see and i think that if united start getting things right i.e fernandez starts clicking they probably stop playing mason mount um and they find a way to get anthony actually performing which i think is impossible but that's a whole different story um Mm -hmm. i think they will be better i think when we see hoyland really integrate himself fully into the picture in the later games this season you know come 11 12 games when he's got a couple of games under his feet and he can get really get into that united system I think he's going to do wonders for them. Um, they have a really good squad. They really have, they have truly have a really good squad. Um, and again, to come back from two goals down is pretty big. Uh, and I, I do think United have a lot of the tools necessary this season to be fighting for, you know, second, third in the league. Um, historically very good at home last year. They were third in the league at home. And I imagine they're going to kind of kick on and be similarly as good uh this year and yeah so that's that's just my two cents there i do think Mm -hmm. that united are their team to definitely definitely watch for at the top um are we are we totally discounting chelsea do we do we not think that there's any shot they get it together because they're they should be right
0: like they should be at this point i'm i think i have to lean into giving them the exact same treatment i gave forest last year When you bring in a full new team, literally full, and I guess it it does work a little easier when you have a new manager as well. It's kind of like complete fresh slate. Everybody's on the same page. I just – I find it difficult to see how they put the pieces of the puzzle fully together um, throughout the season. I'm not totally sold on throwing the bag and losing, I think – a nice young talent in Colwell is is pretty big.
1: Yeah, I Chelsea's. I think Chelsea's too far away from it for me. Pochettino's a project manager. I think it's going to take him a while. Personally, mm-hmm. United, I think too. I, I don't disagree with anything Pat said. I think they'll be hanging around the top four, five, six spots. Um, Onana to me doesn't really look like a as expensive a, as a keeper as, as they paid for him. Um, So I I think there's still some question marks there for for me, at least with United.
2: Um, So in, I guess in the, in the same, so discounting United, because I think at the end of this podcast, I want us to come away with who, who is most likely to challenge city. Um, What's your case for Liverpool being a better challenger than Arsenal this year? Why why do you guys feel that Liverpool have what it takes this season to overtake an Arsenal team that really did strengthen uh, and look just as good if not better than, than last year
1: I I do think Arsenal I mean I think they have an incredible squad they had such a good transfer window I like us if we can get another. again I think the, this next week and we'll talk about it more on Saturday with the the window closing um, matters what happens in the next seven days if we can get a, a Graven Birch in uh, I think that does a great for our depth and stuff and, and that makes me much more confident um, I like Liverpool just cause we've been there a little bit. Um, I think if you rattle off seven teams with this Liverpool side or seven wins with this Liverpool side, I think the fans start believing. And I think with Liverpool, it sounds cliche, but that has more of an impact at Anfield than it does anywhere else in the premier league. And that's just a fact.
2: Um, you, you say that, but the, the Emirates is actually building something that atmosphere last year was crazy there.
1: Yeah. I don't think it had. I don't think it holds a light to Anfield, but I I respect what you say as well. Uh, they mm. did have a good atmosphere, and it was a very much a step up in terms of. We have also have to remember where Arsenal have been the last ten years. It's that whole stadium has been surrounded in negativity. If this Arsenal team loses two three in a row, where does that does that atmosphere completely go away? Do they get behind the players more? I think that how bad Liverpool was last year kind of like gives. I think it kind of enameled our fans and, and made them a little bit harder. Uh it also just kind of made us <laughs> put us back down, I guess, off our pedestal. But I think it's time for them to go again. I think we've saw a lot of quality around this pitch for Liverpool. I mean, I've gone on about Dominic Saba's lie. I think he literally is one of the best midfielders in the Premier League already. Um
2: spent three spent three games.
1: Yeah, I know. He's that he's that good, man. I don't even think I'll back down off that statement. He, he's that good. and When you have the quality Liverpool has, I know me and Mitch want to touch on this as well. I mean, we've started a front three, mostly of Louis Diaz, Gakpo, and Salah, which is class. Diaz has been class. Sala's been good. Um, but to have a guy like Darwin come in off the bench and challenging for that starting spot, I think this could be Darwin's year, and I think he could bag like 25 goals. 20, 25 goals. I really think he could have a really positive year in the Prem and Especially Arsenal don't keeps... have that. Arsenal do not yeah. have the proper number nine that can go out and get goals. And if those goals dry up, that's what happened last year. When the, when they had injuries and Jesus wasn't that good at the end of the year, they they choked on it.
0: And I, and I think if Cody keeps playing at the kind of grip he's been playing at, we're going to see Darwin slot in a lot sooner rather than later. Um and I don't think it's just a matter of Cody like playing poorly. I think it's just who's who's the hot hand. We kind of have to we have to find that spark. Um, and with Virgil going down, it really I think it gave everybody on that pitch an opportunity to to put their their feet on the ground and say, okay, time to go to work. Yeah. Um, two weeks in a row. Re- Josh,
1: what was the last time ever we have seen back to back red cards? I mean, we haven't saw many straight reds under Klopp. I, I can think of Mane on Ederson. I don't, I can't remember that many.
0: But back-to-back weeks.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, down, it's, it's, been, it's, it's been, it would it's be different.
0: It's It's been different. And, um, you know, it, it is what it is. Like, obviously warranted where, uh, where they were. Happy McAllister didn't have to uh, serve a ban. But, I don't know, I just think, the the way the season started for this Liverpool team is um, push us in nothing but the right direction. I I really can't say um, anything too negative about the start where the squad was coming from last year.
1: For sure. And again, I want to emphasize, like I think we have a different player up top now in Nunez. Like I think Pat says it all the time, like it takes a year sometimes for guys to get good under Pep. I think Darwin could be like that, you know, adjusting to the prem. I mean, how many times did we see guys like really pass a ball through to Darwin last year? Both of his goals against Newcastles were passes in behind the line, him going against Botman. So it looks like guys like Jota and Salah are really adapting to the way he plays. Whereas last year I don't think that was the case. Um and Darwin last year, I don't think he lacked chances. He lacked quality. Um, And this weekend, his XG on the first goal was .07. His XG on the second goal was .36, and he scored both of them. So I'm hoping, you know, just some practice. um, The guys getting better for Darwin in terms of delivery makes it better. And I legitimately think he's a piece that could make you a a title-winning team if we see these performances more regularly. And like I I said, Arsenal don't have that
0: yeah he he just needs the ball at his feet a little less. I think it just needs to be more on the run into the into the into the run of play and uh, the system is definitely changing in the right direction and then having having a player like Savaly being able to hold up the midfield and be creative and hold up play on the edge of the box stuff like that has just been so so needed uh, these first three weeks for our, our team.
1: We'll see, and I think a lot can still shake up. Like I said, the, the window's not over yet. There's a lot of teams outside of Liverpool that are still making moves, so we have Kudos going to West Ham, Ansu Fati. Yep. Looks like, according to Fabrizio Romano in the last hour, going to Brighton, um, a lot of moving parts, and a lot of teams that you know maybe will come up and, and start challenging City. We really don't know this early, but these are kind of early days predictions.
2: Tell you right now, no one, no one's challenging City this year.
1: Pat, definitely Pat's not going to be
2: everything. Though. It's not. It's not. At, this is the first time in a long time. I'm going to sit here and be confident <laughs> about it. No one's, no one's getting close to us this year.
1: Yes, I mean City, City just, just looked like City look really good. There, there's just no doubt about that. So uh, mm. we can I don't even know how much we can debate you right now because you put the proof in the first three games. Defenses class. They just look like City is normal, so it's tough mm-hmm. to even say anything. Oh, Rodri, best player in wins. the world. Yeah, I mean, Rodri scored some insane goals for me for you in the past year. It, he really is probably one of the Clutch. best. He's one of the best midfielders so, in the world.
2: I think he is the best midfielder in the world. With Kevin De Bruyne injured, uh, I don't even think it's close. I, don't, I can't say it. You, you guys know me. I I just have nothing. But I'm I'm Rodri's biggest fan. Uh, give the dude four or five top seasons at doing what he's doing for city right now. And I'm putting him in the conversation with Sergio Busquets for best six of all time. So
1: that's why we're having this episode though, of like who can challenge city? Because when you have a team like city, I mean, there's a lot of guys in your lineup that are the best in their position in the world. And the league kind of revolves around that. And it, everyone's chasing city. It's been that way for years and you've improved. I mean, Gavardi all looks actually proper. Rodriguez on fire, literally and figuratively. Um, Kovačić hasn't been too bad. He's yeah. been great. Kovačić has hasn't been, incredible. been too bad. He hasn't just, been too you bad. You just have class all around the pitch, and the fact that we're having an episode after three games about who can challenge City says everything you need to know about City's quality.
2: Agreed, but I, I do, I do still think the top four race is probably going to be more interesting than the title race this season, given the conversations that we've had about a lot of the teams in here. And again, something I'm, I'm going to constantly go back to um, because city love to have chronically slow starts is um, it's one in three games. There's a lot of time in the season for good teams to be good and bad teams to be bad. So That's true, things will definitely start, start shaping up, you know, around the like November, December period. I think we may get a little bit of a better picture of how the table is going to look, but you know, way too early predictions are, uh, are fun to do. So
1: yeah, yeah, and the 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 winter is gonna be wild because we have Afcon and uh, AFC tournaments in the in the winter, so a lot of shit. Here's, here's a fun question to ring us out. How long will it take Everton to score a goal this year, dude? They they barely got by Doncaster tonight. I mean, I think they scored in the 87th minute tonight against Doncaster to win it. It' tough. It's going to be a Holy tough shit. year.
2: Everton haven't scored a goal. I just pulled the Premier League table. Yeah, up. It,
1: yeah, I was I wasn't kidding. Like,
2: That's I think unreal. I think
1: McNeil's still hurt. Uh, I don't know what is Calvert Lewin playing, or he must not I be. I think so. Zero goals. I thought I saw him out there. They're they look really, really, really bad. In every how are you
2: way. worse than Luton Town, man? Burnley are going to bring it back. A different episode.
1: Yeah. Thanks for... <laughs> The Vincent Company episode Okay that rounds out episode uh, Four Four. Of the season We'll we'll have a special transfer deadline day show And we'll be back again With in person episodes here soon Suits at the zoo Yes sir (laughs) Deuces